FMX Network production. A series of the most exciting action imaginable. Checker flag falls for Ryan Filipato. Dungey gets by for Welcome to the Leanne Re-Raceables on PulpMX.com. Mathis and Weege revisit the instant classics from yesteryear, spotlighting those historic moto moments that simply never grow old. Welcome everybody to another edition of the Liat Re-Raceables podcast. I'm Steve Mathis. With me is Jason Wygant. Yeah. Phoenix 2014. We'll get to why this one really, really, really gets you in the heart, Wygant. This, mm-hmm. this one is a big one for you. We'll get to that. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you to Liat for making this podcast happen, whether it's the helmet, whether it's the boots, whether it's the goggles, uh, the neck brace, of course, that they came out all those years ago. Uh, Liat has got you covered. And please go to their website and check out everything they've got. They've got the full-length socks. They've got uh, pants. They've got boots. They've got goggles. They've got jerseys. They've got gloves. They've got everything that you want from the folks at Liat. Uh, Liat.com for more information on that. Of course, Tickle, Bloss, McElrath. And Vince Freeze will be rocking Lee at uh, this coming Supercross season. So thanks to those guys for coming on board. Maxis and Blenzall as well. Both of those guys on board with us, of course, uh, to do this re-raceable podcast. And if you've got an idea for a race that you want us to do, hit up the contact form on pulpmex.com. And uh, maybe Wygan and I will get to it. We're going to try to do these two to three a month and uh, for the rest of the year. So uh, really, really fun to do them. And uh, we're going to try to do... A bunch at a time, and we just here for the Pulp Mech Show, so we're doing these ones now. We're going to do some when the Supercross season starts, and we're camped out together. And, uh, yeah, man, it's timeless, so uh, enjoy the content. So, we each, uh, Phoenix 2014. A.K.A. the ra- the race that Brayton almost won. <laughs> there you go. That's what it is, everybody. This is this is why it's choice, everybody. When I, when I was proposing this idea and what races we wanted to do, uh, he came screaming at me with Phoenix 2014 because this is – not only the race that Barsha or Barsha Brayton almost won. This is the race that started the iconic phrase transfer mm-hmm. of power. Mm-hmm. And it's something that we that you came up on, on our on our Racer X weekly race reviews. And and so just explain that situation. Yeah, so going into the twenty fourteen season, Ryan Villapoto has won three supercross titles in a row. He's kind of vanquished a lot of the guys, you know, at this point he appears he's got Stu and Reed covered. He's beaten him a couple years. He definitely, as we know, usually comes out on top against Dunge. However... We could call him and he'll tell us all about it. Yeah, he had these guys covered. Right. Uh, going into the season, the big prediction from Steve Mathis was Justin Barsha. Yeah. Would be the guy yeah. to go after RV. Had 13, a, 13 was his yep. rookie year. It was great. He won two or three races. Two. Yep. yep. Uh, he was great. And yep. we figured he'd be even better yep. at 14. Yep. Uh, Anaheim won. I believe Barsha dominated his heat race and got a horrible start in the main and came back for fifth. Yep. So I feel like... Everyone was picking Barsha as their smart choice. He was a two-time Supercross champion, 250 class. I mean, you know, it wasn't... Won the Monster Cup, first time he got on a 450. Yeah. Was really screwing with Dunge a lot when he first got on a 450 outdoors. It really seemed like the 450 was suiting him well. Yeah. We've been waiting for Honda to finally get a guy Mm -hmm. and and finally get them back to the heights. I mean, they'd had a lot of guys. None of them panned out. So going into Phoenix, round two here, I feel like the easy... the pick, the consensus pick, the sexy pick is that Barsha's going to win. Don't forget, he won 2013 Phoenix. That's right. Yes. That's right. So, so it's all looking good yeah, for Barsha. Right. 
Yes. So in the main event, it's looking good. Justin Brighton gets the whole shot. Barsha's in second. Barsha starts gaining. Now let's be honest. Looking at the data set that we have, yeah. does anyone think, I don't know if Barsha's going to be able to get Brighton to win this main event? Nobody thinks that. Is Not even Chuck Franklin. It was a big part of these Phoenix races. These Phoenix races. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yes. He he would not put out a policy. No, uh, no, Chuck, no. Motorcycle lawyer Chuck right. Franklin. So it's inevitable. Barsh is going to pass Brayton, and he's going to win just like everybody said he would. But instead... Oh, no. Brayton. Bam, bams. Justin Barsha. Yeah. Barsha goes to the outside. Brayton runs into him. They're and, side by side. Yeah. Down down a, down a, a rhythm lane onto a table. Brayton, not really known for this. Yeah. Runs him off the, uh, off the table into the top blocks. There's contact. And then Barsha inexplicably starts sucking. He starts riding terribly. Yeah, yeah. And then he gets passed. Yeah. He gets passed by Dunch. He gets passed by RV. He gets passed by Roxon. And he goes backwards. And the rest of the season ended up very subpar for Barsha he, to the point where he left Honda. He was mad at the bike for a while. Yeah. Uh, the Honda guys were, I was talking to those guys, they were scratching their heads. Barsha and his parents were freaking out. I was saying in the media, I don't understand. This is the same bike as last year. How could this go so terrible? How could this be on the bike? That is weird. Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. And uh, so you said, Weege. Oh, yeah. It wasn't the bike. Right. No, it wasn't the bike. Like, is this from He-Man or where's this Where's this fr- come no, from? No, I saw oh. it. No, no. Uh, it wasn't from a movie or it wasn't from a cartoon no, or something? No, it's original right here. This is exclusive oh, original okay. content. So Brayton goes on to nearly beat Villapoto for the win. Villapoto passes him, but then Brayton sticks with him yeah. the entire way, and yep. in the last lap gets really close to repass him in the whoops. That's what Barsha was supposed to do, like right. almost beat right. RV, right. challenge RV. It's a transfer of power. It's a transfer of power. So the you, you your theory is, and you didn't get it from anywhere? No. Oh, so the theory is for... so I'm a keen race observer. I sometimes see things that other people do not. True. So the contact between Brayton and Barsha literally set their career paths on different different uh, paths, yes. different trackways, let's say. Brayton was the aggressor. He did the bam-bamming. Yeah. And then he took all of the hype and all the talent and all the speed that right. everyone thought Barsha would yes. have. Yes. And he became the guy to challenge right. RV. And Barsha became the guy who was trying to get top fives. Yeah. Like we thought Brayton would right. be that year. Right. Transfer and, and, of power. And, and, and so this is the transfer of power race, and you you ran this tra- – oh, I mean, it's 2020, and you're still running the transfer of power when it happens. When, yes. when we have a situation, have a situation. Okay. But it's never been as blatant no. as this. No, To the point where Barsha left Honda, where did he go? He went to Brighton's team. He went to Brighton's team. He, went to he Brighton's was doing team. everything he could yeah. to try to get it back. Yeah. He was doing everything he could. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Brayton rode fantastic. He, yeah. he, he, rode, he looked he, good. He, he, looked he looked good. good. Yep. O'Neill Gear, JGR Yamaha. This was his second stint with the team. He had been there before, went to factory Honda for yes. a year. Yep, 12. And, and then went back to JGR. Only JGR would do this. <laughs> and for good measure, they also brought Josh Grant back for a second stint. They actually brought the same two riders back after a break. What other team does this? You just blew my mind because I forgot about the JG thing. Yes. Yeah, they brought them yeah. both back. Yeah, they brought them both back. <laughs> they were rewinding it. They are going back. Does any team do this? No. We were rooting hard for a third run with Brayton. You were selling it as yeah. much as you could. Like, I just was. do it again. Yeah, just, here we go. Bring East North yeah, Carolina. Yeah, we're yeah. good. Well, right. Yeah. Um, yeah, so anyways, uh, this Phoenix Weege, and you've been doing this a long time, uh, great racing at Phoenix. All, all, no matter whether we're in Chase 1, Ballpark or the new place, Glenn. Yeah, it's great racing. Yeah, it is, and I think um, these are bigger floors. Yeah, I feel it is odd though. The dirt I feel between the two stadiums is a lot different. 
there was really dry, slick stuff, I feel, in the baseball stadium. Yeah. With the Bank One Ballpark, I think yep. that's what it's called most of the time. Glendale seems a little tackier. Do you me. remember going up and eating some nachos uh, in TGI Fridays? Yes, yeah, we did. in between practices yeah, or during practices. Yeah, TGI Fridays in the stadium. Yeah, good times at going. Bank One Ballpark. Yeah, what also helps the Phoenix Glendale races have an unfair advantage. They're generally early in the season, so everybody's healthy. Everybody's like, "This is my year. I'm going to win tonight." When you have a early season, Anaheim one is too too much tension to usually have good racing. Right, right. So you get to round two. Yep. People aren't freaking out about their bikes. People aren't freaking out about nerves. They all still think it's going to be their year. So I think if you're around two to four in the schedule, which this always is, mm-hmm. it lends itself to good racing. If you go back and watch this one on YouTube, everybody, we don't have the whole race on YouTube, yeah. but there's highlights. There's like five, six. You got Villapoto, Dunge, Brayton, Barsha, Roxon, Stu. Stu. Yeah, it's a good. It's a good group. Ch- Chad's in there too. You never see him. Chad yeah, gets a bad, never see. He gets pinched off off the start badly, and mm-hmm. uh, just never, never becomes a factor. This is Chad on a Cowie team. But two, don't two. forget, it's a season of two wins. Yeah, it's coming for yeah. Chad. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yep. Um, um, Matt Moss. What the hell? Comes out of nowhere. Yeah. Pulls the start. Yep. He was Matt Moss. Good. Yeah, yeah, Matt Moss, yeah. who had a run in the U.S. four years earlier as one of the most forgettable teammates. Of all time. Uh, all time. The zero chance. We made a lot of jokes. The yeah. zero chance that Roger DeCosta knew who he was. Right. Yeah. Right. Yep. In 2010, when Dungey was a rookie and won both the Supercross and Motocross titles on a 450, his teammate was Matt Moss, who was absolutely atrociously bad. Uh, well, I didn't race a bunch. Got hurt. Yeah. And then was atrociously bad whenever he did race. <laughs> yes. yes. It, it was amazing. So, yeah. somehow Matt Moss comes back. And I he's re- good. Now. I don't remember him racing these races. No, I remember him being good. Like, being top 10 for a couple of rounds and then going back to Australia yeah, and being yeah. like, oh, this is oh. who we're supposed to get. This is who you hired. Yes. Right, right. Yes. And still, DeCosta probably had no idea. Um, no. You know what? I Obviously, look, uh, uh, I'm a Stu fan. Um, mm-hmm. He just he just doesn't do much in this race. Now, you read some of the reports before the race. He had a bad crash in practice. Went okay. over the bars. They had okay. to change the whole motor and everything. Apparently, mm-hmm. he wasn't a good crash, so maybe that affected him the rest of the night. Anaheim won the week before this. Yep. Roxon wins as a rookie, which yeah. is impressive. But remember, Stu was all over him and had that wild ride in the whoops. No, but I remember Stu up being up there. I don't remember Stu was second, yeah. was kind of closing in, and then Stu had a wild ride in the whoops, and then flexed, looked at Big James after he'd crashed out of the main, and flexed the biceps like I'm strong this year, which I thought was kind of an odd move after you had just DNF <laughs> a race. I don't remember any of that. Yeah. yeah. So uh, this weekend he was okay. Yeah. I think he was sick or under the weather early because, remember, he does start putting yeah. it together big yeah, time. Yeah, he comes on. Near, he and, does. and he's the guy that puts some fear into Villapoto. He was he, getting – He does. Yes, he was getting and I, I, and I made sure this year in the Cowie truck to make sure that Villapoto knew how fast Stu was. Yes, but it got so – Stu got so good that I believe you even had to stop doing that. Did I? He won like two or three in a row, yeah. and it was like, wait a minute. And I think you're like, it's becoming not a joke anymore. Yeah, maybe. It's I, possible. I can't, it's possible, right. Uh, Villapoto cannot laugh laugh this off. Stu is like legitimately coming. Right, and right. it's coming together. Yeah, yeah, yep. maybe, maybe so. Yep. Um, but yeah, Barsha, again, was. I mean, I thought he was going to be, be awesome. Yeah, and, yeah. And, it, and it just transfer power happened, and it, it yeah. just went sideways from there. You know what I mean? So uh, he wasn't the good... Uh, it wasn't very good this night. Uh, he he does make a sweet move on Ken Roxon, and I'm sure Kenny loved. Yeah, so Moss gets the whole shot, yep. and uh, Brayton gets around him, has the lead. and then As usual. Yes. I mean, Brayton just yeah. leading laps, led right. 13 of these laps. Yep. Then we get to that transfer power moment, 
Then Barsha starts sliding through the field, and Brayton's getting away. And uh, as Dunge gets by Barsha and Villapoto gets by Barsha, Roxanne gets around Barsha. But then Barsha made sure to just get a shot. In. Yeah, yeah, on a flat corner straightaway, uh, coming onto the start straight. Yeah. Uh, Kenny just, you know, follows the normal line, and Barsha somehow gets a little bit of traction and goes straight for Kenny's front tire. It takes him down. It's beautiful. As it's, you said, the precision yeah. to get his rear wheel yes. into Kenny's front. Right into Kenny's front tire is phenomenal. Yes. yes. Takes Roxon down. Yes. So, uh, yeah, exactly. And that was a big deal because, again, Roxon had won the opener as a yep. rookie, and then he gets yep. knocked down. Yep. You know Roxon must have been so pissed. I don't think it was a Barsha fan yep. at any point. Right. Uh, Jake Weimer won, won the heat. Yeah. He tangled with our, Eli Tomac the week before. Yes. And Eli Tomac didn't race this race. Tried yeah. to. Shoulder yep. was bad. Yeah. And Weimer came out and won the heat. Good job yeah. for Jake Weimer. Didn't yeah. do well in the main event. But look, man, you win a 450 heat race? I don't care. You're legit. So I feel like Weimer had a weird thing that he, he was awesome at round two of the series a lot. I don't know what that deal was yeah, with that. Right. But there uh, were a lot of years of like, whoa, whoa. whoa we yeah. got something going here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Won a heat race. Yeah, won a yep. heat race. A good job for Jake <laughs> yeah. Weimer at this one. Uh, but honestly, like we're gonna, we've talked a lot about Brayton, and we talked a lot about uh, Stu and Barsha and Kenny and even even Weimer. RV, full marks for winning this race. Yes. He came through the pack. He started behind yeah. most of these guys. Yeah. Um, and, he yeah, he just started picking them off. Right. I don't think he started behind Stu, but he got around Kenny. He got around Barsha. He got around Dunge. Can we talk a little bit about the pass on Dunge? Dunge, dude. It's not very uh, uh, Supercross legend-like. No. Dunge is running second. Yeah. Like, I can't even say Villapoto gets a wheel on him. No. No. <laughs> on the whoops. Coming up on the whoops. Yes. On the inside. It's a left-hand turn. And Dunge just, like, hangs a right. <laughs> it's like, oh, man, don't don't come anywhere near me, RV. Like, yeah. he just gets on the brakes and doesn't. Just and RV, hands it's, it to it's him. the easiest pass RV's ever made. Yes, I don't understand. Like yeah. zero fight, and then you see some moments again, like classic Dunge. Like Filippo closes on Brayton. Dunge gets right in there. Dunge is in position to maybe do something. Yeah, and this is what happened to Dunge so much in these years of his career. No aggression at all. Yeah, like yeah. could show a wheel. Back down, get Unless on the Unless it's Jake Weimer, he's not showing a wheel. Yeah, whatever the deal yeah, is. Yeah, for some reason. Yeah, right. yeah. Um, yeah, it was odd, it was odd for sure. Um, but yeah, full marks for Villapoto for this win for sure. Now you remember Mike Williamson, his mechanic at the time, saying that his tire was gone. Yeah, Is that what you I don't vaguely remember that. Yeah, I do remember yeah. that. Um, have they fixed that? I feel like I don't hear about this much anymore. Or are the whoops just I feel so like they, different? no. I feel like they fixed it. I do. The tires. Yeah, better. I do. I feel like they fixed it. So there was a time. This is. This is not early in the 450 thing, but tires were on tracks that were really hard packed. Yeah. The tires were chewed to almost nothing by the end of the main events. And it almost became a thing where the dudes were having to almost decide if they were going to conserve the tire a little bit. Yeah. To get to the end. Yeah. Uh, Shades in NASCAR. Yeah. Yeah. So, Villapoto makes the easiest pass in the world on Dunge. Yeah. He eventually does get around Brayton. Pulls away a little bit. A little bit. But Brayton then starts staying there. Yeah. Like, he doesn't get yarded anymore. He yeah. stays within, like, two seconds. Right. And then, and like, starts closing back in. Remember, uh, Brayton at Honda, on Honda had, had showed some, led some laps and come close and then, yeah. you know, kind of didn't do, didn't finish the job, but he wouldn't finish the job until one night in Florida. Oh. One glorious yes. night in Daytona. Freaking great, yeah. Holding off Eli Tomac somehow. Multi-time Daytona winner. Right, right. Except when Brayton was on his game. Yeah. Yep. But, uh, uh, so he was... I don't remember what happened in 13, but I don't feel like Brayton coming off the Honda was great. 
coming back yeah. to JGR. Yeah. And then he kind of elevated again this year. He'd won some heat races now. Yeah. He won an Oakland heat race, I think. I think he won an Anaheim heat race. Yeah, he was really good this year. Yeah, yeah. yeah he'd, he'd really yep. turn it on a bike that was still like a little controversial smash cut to 2020 yes. on a bike that's still a little controversial. I know, this reverse Yamaha, which we're now going on 11 seasons yes. on. It was a second generation of that. Yeah. So I think it was 10, 11, 12, 13 was the same bike. Yeah. And I think this was maybe so 14, and that was the big thing. And he was really making it look good. I do remember, I think, him being honest with me later in the year, and he's like, um, you know, for Yamaha's sake, I'm trying to make it sound that way. But I, I, he felt like he had made some improvements himself. Right. The thing that Brayton kept saying over and over and over, battling with the guys I'm supposed to be battling with, I think it was like he was convincing himself, I am not the 7 to 10 guy. I am right. there with Barsha. I am there with RV. I am there with Dunge. I should be able to battle these guys. And it was like he had tricked himself or mentally. Mm-hmm. It's the hardest thing to always say in the sport, right? Yeah. To believe it. Yeah. He had convinced himself that he should be able to battle with these guys. And it was happening yeah. in this main as he was starting to catch back up. That's that's what I think happened to Zach Osborne this year. You know, he, he, he convinced, I, himself. convinced himself. I, I belong here. Yeah. I can beat Eli Tomac. You know yeah. what I mean? I can beat Eli Tomac. So mm-hmm. uh, you're absolutely right because Brayton, come, as, as we've covered many times, comes from humble beginnings in the sport. You yeah. know what I mean? Not not at all some prodigy. Not at no. all a guy that anybody thought could, could do this. Um, so Villapoto deserves full marks for this win. But Brayton has a chance in the last turn. Yeah, so I guess because the tire is going bad on yeah. Villapoto. Villapoto yeah. gets a bad drive into the whoops, not quick through the whole section. And then when you watch the highlights, you see Brayton start to – the blue fender start to yeah. come into the camera, and he's on the inside. And he's on the inside. It's similar to Dunge Villapoto pass. You know, right. Sim- yeah. And chooses to just stick to the race line yeah. and not you know, do the aim for the exit of the yeah. corner yeah. and just clean him. But honestly, it didn't – if he had done that, it would not have been dirty per se – Dirty meaning I'm going for your front tire, yeah, and you're going down. I think this would have been more of a side to side thing. So it wouldn't even have been I don't the worst think, thing ever. No, I don't think so. Wow, I okay. don't think so. Do okay. you? I don't know. He's got two or three bike lengths. He's still got to make maybe. up. Maybe, yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe. But the corner was pretty good for it. There right. was a wide bowl turn. Yeah, so there was room. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't a tight turn. No. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but he basically chooses not to do it. Mm-hmm. He he just rides the regular race line and doesn't go aggro like LCQ last lap right. on it. Right. So uh, Brayton gets a second, and uh, Dunge gets third. Stu fourth. Barsha fifth. Transfer of power would just continue to haunt Barsha for the rest of this, this whole season. We'll finish Brayton, and we'll talk about that yeah. Barsha thing. So I feel like we're watching this race in the press box, yep. and everybody's everybody's reaction is, Brayton, you had an opening in the last lap to win your first race. Why didn't you clean him? Yeah. I feel like that was the universal. Yep. That might have been dirty, but that's fine in this yeah. situation. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, you had absolutely. a chance to win a 450 main. Right. Clean him. Yeah. So, we called Brayton. Yeah, we did. We called Brayton. To, yep. to, to, to rehash. To ask it. about yeah, cleaning to, him. To ask about cleaning him. Ask about this race and everything else. And uh, Weege was an absolute joy during this whole interview. Uh, so let's uh, let's get to Justin Brayton talking about Phoenix 2014 on the Liat Re-Raceable podcast. All right. I'm so thrilled. We have contacted Justin Brayton. So A, I get to talk to Brayton, which is awesome. And we get to talk to Brayton about one of his best races. So then one of my favorites as well. This is the infamous transfer of power race where you took speed from other riders and made yourself, I mean – Good enough to win a Supercross race straight up. Like, this was awesome. 
I guess, for, but JB, how much do you remember about the transfer power theory that Wygant came up with? And, and do you, you, you must still hear it to this day. I do, yes. I definitely hear it to this day. And I, I can picture that, that right-hand turn, 90-degree turn, onto a table. And I don't know. For some reason, that track that night, like, it was somewhat one-lined. And then the, the biggest thing was the whoops. If you could get through the whoops super clean, it was it was everything. So I'm like, I cannot let Barsha get in front of me right here because I'm faster in the whoops. Mm -hmm. And if I can just pull away from him in the whoops and kind of just – you know, keep that for the rest of the track and then pull away in the whoops again. Like this could be a good night. And so, yeah, I ran him a little bit wide and, uh, he went off the track and I think, yeah, I think we each came up with transfer power. So, and, and Barsha shortly after that was mad at Honda, mad at the bike. They all went it sideways. All it all fell apart for the 51 at Honda and JB, you used the, uh, the, the, this was the first time you led laps. Had you, um, had you? No, no, no. So I had led uh, in 2012. I actually almost oh, won. Yeah, on a Honda. Several races right. on a Honda. Yes. Yeah. And Villa, ironically, Villapoto, like Indianapolis, I led till lap 17. Villapoto passed me with three to go. Uh, Toronto, I led for a long time. Villapoto passed me. Yeah. I could never quite seal the deal on that Villapoto guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Imagine yeah. that. And, and and we have a beef uh, as we're going to explain in this podcast. You could have been really aggressive in that last that second last turn there, JB. I definitely could have, but at the time I was thinking, okay, it's round two. I had felt really good all preseason with the JJR guys. It wasn't a coincidence. I, I think I was third fastest in practice or something. I, I don't know. I just felt good. So I'm like, this isn't going to be my only chance this year. A second's awesome. You just let a ton of laps. I was – it was. It would have been super aggressive to where maybe we both go down, you know, and, and we're 12th and 13th, where I was just happy with the second, honestly, that night to, you know, yeah. to to go back to the guys and and yeah, we were stoked. So, but looking back, yeah, hindsight, knowing that I didn't <laughs> get another podium and uh, and ended up getting injured, yeah, I mean, yeah. I think I would take that shot. <laughs> uh, the whoops were good for you. This is an era. I don't know if this still happens as much now. But there was an era where we kept hearing, like, by the end of a main, tires could be roasted, especially on those hard pack whoops. Uh, and I think Filippoto was saying that his tire was done. But you were fast all the way to the end. Was this a Pirelli year for you? or was it Because you were strong in even on that final lap in the whoops. Yeah, yeah. So that year we ran Pirellis. And all in preseason testing, the rear tire Pirelli was, like, was insane, especially on hard pack. Mm. And, yeah, I mean, it was – it was good. The, the whoops stayed hard-packed all night. They weren't jumpers. Uh, they were really big, so you had to interim, you know, fairly fast. But if you could pick up some speed, which I did, and, and uh, yeah, a lot of it was the tire. But also that bike that year, you know, like the Yamaha has really got a bad rap over the years. But a lot of people forget that year. I mean, there was times I, I, I think I won several heat races that year. I, did, I led a lot of laps there. Um, oh, you were crushing I I was it! Third or fourth yeah. or in points, even you know, yeah. top three in points, like even after like round six or something. So, um, yeah, we had that bike good that year. It was it was dialed. Yeah, the next weekend, you I remember you passed RV and just beat him in a heat race for the win, straight up. Yeah, in the two. heat race, yeah. passed him and beat him, and then uh, I think fourth in the main or something, right behind that group of Chad and James yep. and RV. Um, so yeah, several top fives that year. Just. Um, Never could quite seal the deal on a win. Was this the same year as St. Louis quad? Uh, yes, over the table. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yep, exactly. Yeah. You and Stu. Yep, that's it. <laughs> that was it. And yeah. you know what? Stu gets all the credit for that Toronto rhythm lane. Uh-oh. Oh, boy. No I way. was doing that, too. And then also, you have to go back and look. <laughs> Before the finish line there, there, so you go through the whoops at that Toronto race. You turn right. You do a triple. Then there's like a little on-off or step-up or something into a left. There was a triple-triple that Stu started doing that no one had done. Mm-hmm. He gets all the credit for it. I was actually the first one to do it. Like, Whoa. Oh, the man. Uh, I sized is... it up on the parade lap, and yeah. I'm like, I could do that. And, uh, yeah, I late I caught Kenny and passed him. I think I was fourth that night as well. And um, uh, So, yeah, I, I was good that year. Oh, well, this good. is a perfect podcast for Wygant. Oh, he's, he's, he's loving it. But, uh, Sounds like Toronto 14 is going to have to be a podcast yeah, as well. Yeah, absolutely, because yes. we can't get James on the phone, but we could probably get JB. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, we, uh, JB, the best bang for the buck JGR rider maybe ever? Yeah, I'd say. I mean, Barsha made more money, Stu made more money. And they delivered wins, but well, JB got thing. podiums. Yeah, and he, think, uh, yeah, yeah, go ahead, JB. It, yep. And honestly, it was frustrating for me at times because I was either beating those guys or battling with them. And I, maybe I just didn't have the name or maybe Coy and J-Bone just didn't see the potential in a championship guy, which I could see that. But I do feel like I was overperforming for what I was getting paid at the time. And... Um, yeah, heat wins and podiums and even podiums in motocross races, which wasn't really my thing. And um, so, yeah, I always felt like they were looking like over my head, like, okay, who's next? Who's next? Right. And not just like, hey, man, I'm, I'm right here. I'm doing pretty good. Like, we're, you know, we're doing all right. So, number uh, one, top five in the Supercross Championship one year with them. Yeah. And, number yeah. one, O'Neill rider also. O'Neill Gear, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Just, yeah. 2014, yeah. Uh, what to me, what puts JB above the guys in JGR history is I feel like, look, unfortunately the history of JGR is also filled with a lot of disappointments. Guys that didn't perform at the level they hoped, guys got hurt at the wrong time, a lot of bad luck, bad timing, bad things, but you pretty much, I feel, were on the level. You were good, you were overachieving, whatever you want to call it, pretty much the whole time. I don't feel like there was ever a, dude, what is the problem? Why is Brayton sucking yeah. so bad? Yeah, there was never, right, right. The, the JGR stink has been all on a bunch of riders over the years. Yes. It, it was never on JB. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. And I actually, you know, the first six months, six, eight months I was here, I didn't like North Carolina at all. Uh, we got the bike super late when I got here. It was that new generation Yamaha, so I didn't ride the new bike. Man, I think me and JG were sharing one even into December. <laughs> oh, my uh, God. Jesus, wow. Yeah, it was, it was rough. And then we had to fly. We actually flew a uh, coach's jet down to MTF to share the bike. Um, that was early December, I believe, yeah. because the weather was so yeah. bad. And, yeah. Yeah. But then, honestly, I grew to really like North Carolina. I met my wife here. Yeah. So I was, you know, and then actually to start, you know, a lot of people talk about the football mentality moving here. All of that was great. Like, they had the – all of it was awesome. They just had the wrong people in place. Like, trainer Tim was an awesome guy, mm -hmm. but he wasn't a trainer for dirt bike racers. Right. He came from the football world. So, you know, I didn't really like that. Like, I was – heavier than i'd ever been and yeah. i was strong but that's not really what it takes to ride dirt bikes so they had all these great pieces of the puzzle and coy had these great ideas there just was a couple people were in the wrong spot i think right um but then yeah in 13 and 14 when i came back after my stint with factory honda yeah it was on like i, I yeah. bought into it I, I i even lived here in 2012 when i was riding for for honda and um 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I enjoyed my time. You know, I've, I've sent Coy a text. We've texted back and forth a, a couple times lately. And, man, I'm so grateful for him and the team. And uh, it, it ultimately changed the course of my life. So Yeah, yeah, really did. And, uh, and then the transfer of power. Just like who knew that would actually a real thing, and it happened at Phoenix 2014. Almost beat Ryan Villapoto straight up for a Supercross win. That's not that's nothing to sneeze at. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and look at the guys. I actually watched that race. I got on the last year or something. But um, oh, Dunge, I, put it to Dunge. Who, who got? Yeah. Who got third? Who got third that night? Uh, was it Dunge or Stu? I think Dunge. Uh, I think it was Dunge. Dunge yeah, but Dunge was in the battle, and, and Dunge never got you. And, and Stu pulled away. Stu yeah. just got but fourth. Stu, Stu was right there, yeah. and then Kenny I think was right there. Like yep. the whole pack was like. Well, you know, legit, legit. Bar- guys. Barsha yeah. helps helps rocks into the ground at right. one point. Uh, oh, does he? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. on the on the straightaway. Yeah, on the stra- <laughs> yes, 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 yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, lots of that. lots of good memories. Well, hey, JB, thank you for doing yeah. the Liet Rewatchable Podcast, Phoenix 2014. We are going to break it all down and uh, wanted to get you on here. Thanks, man. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Yeah, I mean, we he said he thought he would have more chances. <laughs> Yeah, and I, yeah. you know, interviewing him uh, that night, I yeah. remember him saying that. He's like, I don't need to do that. I feel like I'll have plenty of chances. But it does sound like now, looking back, he actually also thinks he should have just went for it. Yeah, yeah, maybe, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, because, I mean, again, like, yeah, it was such a good ride. You just, God, you, you said led 13 laps, right, of the whole thing. So you just think to yourself, oh, man. 450 Supercross wins, they just don't, the opportunities just don't come across right. very often. right. Yeah, it, it was a good good, good year for uh, Brighton, for sure. Good year in return to the JGR team, of course, and everything else. Um, Let's go to Barsha here. Yeah. Okay, so there was an interesting timing. This race goes badly for him. You and I go to Anaheim, too, the next weekend. And I guess you were talking to the Honda guys, maybe Shane Drew or somebody over there. Somebody at Honda had said to oh, you. I can't give away my sources, but he may or may not have been a, a suspension guy who was a Canadian over there. Okay, oh, I, I don't know. I, I, you, had, you had actually just said the Honda guys, oh. but I thought he was a chassis guy over there. So. Right. He said, no, actually it was – Barsha said it's on me, man. It's not the bike. Yep. So, okay, so Barsha's saying that after Phoenix. Yes. But we're learning it at the next race. Yes. So in your observations after Anaheim 2, you write, hey, something interesting. After the ride at Phoenix, Barsha said it's not the bike. that This one's on me. Yeah. Well, I guess at Anaheim too. Big blow up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Something was that the. What happened that race? I don't remember. It was another struggle for Barsha. Was it and a I struggle? Guess at that point, okay, yeah. I guess he did start blaming the bike. Right. Right. So, Barsha or Barsha's mom or Barsha's dad or somebody reads the column and says last week, and they just think it was Anaheim too. Yes. Meaning last week, where yes. I said Justin took the accept took right. the responsibility on himself. Yeah. I was talking about Phoenix. Right, they so they were was, mad. Yeah, they were they're mad. like, it's Honda's fault, not Justin's. This is not on Justin. This yeah. is on Honda. Yeah. Right. So that was interesting how you got blamed, yeah. although it wasn't and really. At some point, Barsha was mad at me because uh, I talked about how he didn't like the bike and he got a, a big money offer from JGR, which he did. He got paid a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And he, he was mad at me for saying, like, I'm not going for any kind of money. I don't care about the money. I got to get on a better bike. Yeah, you had said it's either the bike or the money. That's the only reason guys at that level ever yeah, switch. Right, and he was not happy about the money. Yeah, the money mentioned. comment, and I'm yeah. like, well, I, it could be the bike. Then, like, what? I'm not saying. And I said to him, "Good for you. You got a lot of money." 
<laughs> like, I mean, that's awesome. Like, you know what I mean? Like a free agent. Like nobody yells at a A-Rod for switching teams for a bunch of money. Like nobody cares, right? Like, yeah, it's that's, weird that's, in this sport that's right. never considered cool. Yeah, but that's everybody makes a living. Everybody needs to make money. In every so, other sport, they just go where they get the most money. Yeah. Every yeah, time. Right. Yep. Um, so for he me. He gets 11th in Anaheim, too. Yeah, 11th. 11th. Yeah. Transfer of power, bro. Yes. It's going badly. Um, so to me, I felt like whatever I said with the Barsha clan, I was getting in trouble. You know what I mean? And, and, and this started it. Oh, I think so. Yeah, this yeah. race started yeah. that. Yeah. This this confusion of which race you meant. Yeah, and started then, you down and then, that path. And then the money comment. Yes. Uh, and yep. then you know he he did some really dumb things at JGR with taking guys out, and I would write about that, and it just yeah. got it just got to the point where, and I remember trying to explain to him like, look, dude, the money or the bike thing is is perfectly fine to talk about. Like you know, like either one, it's yeah. fine. I don't yep. care. It, it it makes sense. I'm just writing that you know. You, you, yep. That's why you're leaving, and uh, and he just was not having it. He just wasn't seeing it my way. No, there was there was yeah. this went on for several years, yeah. like years, and it started with transfer power. Mm-hmm. Look at the look at uh, Barsha's results here. So fifth to Phoenix, eleven seven four six three twelve five. Got second in the Stu Toronto race. Oh, okay, but uh, yeah. not. Yeah. Battling for the title. I mean, the year before his rookie year, he was so impressive, right? Yes. And, and he won two races, and, and the, the one, well, the Phoenix in thirteen was dominant, you know. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you just naturally, and it was the same bike. It wasn't like Honda came out with a new bike, like an 09 or, or no. recently or whatever. So you, I was really scratching my head. But what is odd later in this year? So Barsha ended up hurting his ankle and didn't really race outdoors. This is the same year that a few weeks after Barsha was done at Unadilla. Trey Kennard shows up with KYB yeah. on his bike and suddenly becomes an entirely different rider. Yeah, did he, he didn't win, but... What, he he go, won the second moto, yeah. and then he did go 1-1 at the end of the year. At uh, Utah. Was it Utah? I think. Was it Utah? I think so. Kennard basically switched from Showa to KYB yep. and went from, ah, Kennard's good, but he's not quite there with Dunge and Villo and all these guys. And all of a sudden, yep. he's as good as that. No, yep. uh, I guess it would have been Dunge and Kenny. Right. And then he starts beating Dungeon Kenny at the end of the year. And I remember Barsha doing an inter- interview and saying, yeah, that was really interesting to watch. Some of the things we had been asking for all year <laughs> finally happened after I was hurt and not riding and yeah. then seeing what a difference it made. Right. Yeah, it was not good blood there uh, no. by the end. And this no. is weird because Barsha was a Honda kid, Honda amateur, went to the Geico team. I mean, he was, a Hon- he was going to be the next one at Honda. He really was going to be the next one at Honda. Absolutely. And then Tomac was going to be the next one at Honda. I know. You know what I mean? If you had told anybody at the beginning of 2014 that Barsha would not only not contend for titles, but end up not even on Honda anymore. Yeah. No yeah. way. Yeah. If I'm Mr. Honda back then, I'm writing Barsha a blank check. You're, my, you're our future. Yeah, you're, you're, yeah. Our, you're a red rider. Yeah. You yeah. It, so. is, it is weird how it's changed. I guess all sports are like that now. How guys... If it goes sideways for a brief time, it goes sideways. Yeah, you know, uh, switching sports a little bit. Like in the NBA, we're seeing that now where the alpha dogs, like the minute the team can't contend or the minute yeah, things out. go sideways, they just bail. Yes. they Nobody wants to s- sit around and fix the problems. Yeah. Right? They just want to bail. And when we talk to these older riders, mm-hmm. you know, they'll have years where they're just like, yeah, well, our bike just sucked that year. Yeah. That's the way it was going to be. It right. was going to be a right. bad year. Right. And then I was hoping maybe two years from now our bike would be good again. Yep. But they were just there. That doesn't happen now. No. I, these big guys just are like, I got to get out of this team right away. I don't care what they've done for me in the past. Yep. I don't care how much money they paid for me, paid me. Yeah. I got to get out of here because it's not me. There's no way it can be me. No way. <laughs> but you are right. But in the defense... And the teams get over the riders quickly as well. 
Yeah. I don't believe there was love any love lost between like Dan Bentley, who was over there at Honda, yeah. and Barsha. Yeah. I don't think they got along. Right. So it's like as soon as the rider gives up on the team, a lot of the teams go sideways on the rider, too. Yeah. Yeah. That could be. Yeah. Uh, other things from this note, Phoenix 2014. Will Hahn, 10th place on a, on a Geico Honda 450. Remember, right. he, had, he had won the championship and moved up? Yeah. And they, they had put him, him on a 450? and Eli on 450s. Yep. I believe Eli was on a factory Honda, really. Yeah. Uh, with Geico graphics. Yeah. But yep. uh, Will Hahn had a bike they built for him. He was good. Uh, Weston Pike, 21st. I don't know what happened yeah, to Weston. I don't know. Yeah, I have no idea. Uh, Nick Way, 13th. Still going. Still going, yeah. Still going. Yeah, phenomenal. Phenomenal it. deal. Um, and, and, yeah, so I would love to talk to Vill- – so – I was talking to Villapoto the other day, and he told me he – I don't know how this came up, but his dominance at Bud's Creek comes up. No idea why. He said, I was unbelievable at Bud's Creek from the Disney Nations on. I never lost. Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like – he's like, what's my record there? I'm like, what am I supposed to know this off the top of my head? Your, your Bud's Creek record? Like, you think I stay up at night? He's like, I only lost one moto there ever. And I'm like, okay. All right. I, I don't know. And uh, he said, Dunge beat me in uh, – 13, second moto. He goes, I worked him in the first moto. Okay. I said, okay, what happened? I made, uh, I put a pickled asparagus on my sandwich in between motos, and I had the shits all moto. What? I'm saying, so a pickled asparagus brought you down. Brought, br- br- ended the streak. Yeah, and he's like, yeah. Yes, my brother's biggest regrets. A pickled asparagus. A pickled asparagus. I don't even know what that is. I don't know either. You can pickle an asparagus. I guess. Wow. Who knew? So, anyways, I was thinking about that when I was looking at this race, and, and, you know, we could talk to RV about it, but he probably wouldn't remember anything about this race, but he remembers the defeats, right? That's how these guys work. They at remember, that level, yeah. Right. You remember the defeats. You remember yes. the pickled asparagus that gave you the shits and allowed Ryan Dungey to beat you. Oh, my gosh. That I don't even know. Right. Uh, Alden was letting this go. I guess. I, I have no idea. Maybe he was recommending right, it. Right, right. Yes. Um, 250 class from this race. Uh, this was an interesting time. Uh, Phoenix 14, because Jason Anderson was getting the best of Cole Seeley back in the 125 slash 250 class, and it would continue on to the 450 class. In the most brutal ways. Yeah. He was getting him, he was just torturing the guy. Right. So Anaheim won. Looks like Seeley's going to win. Yep. Anderson passed him in the last lap. I think they both Anderson's went Anderson's on uh, KTM. Yeah. Yeah. Rockstar. Yeah, Rockstar KTM. Waiting for Huskies. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, knocks Seeley down on the last lap, takes the win. And Seeley's out for revenge, leads the majority of this main event. And again, Anderson passes him on the last lap. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, this was Cooper Webb's rookie year. He's thirty-seven. Oh. Well, he raced outdoors. Okay, but so rookie and super rookie cross. Supercross and here, pretty yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, pretty good. Goes off the track. Yeah, and yeah. then um, he's in a battle, and then he just cleans McElrath. <laughs> just cleans him. Yep. And uh, sitting in the catbird seat to take advantage of young Webb knocking down young Shane McElrath is not so young. Number 16. Fresh from the GPs. Yes. Zach, Zach Osborne. Osborne. Right. So would this have been his no, first year? Second? Was it 13 I don't or know. 12? I don't when remember. That, yeah. That when he was on uh, uh, Geico. He got signed, of course, to the Geico, Geico Zacco. team. Geico Zacco. Geico Zacco. Uh, you know, well, you know what? If he was 16, it would he wouldn't have. Uh... Right. I think this is year right. two. Right. So you're yeah. in year two. It's weird. <laughs> I don't think we've talked about this. Geico Zacco. Disappointing, right? Yeah. Right? Ultimately disappointing. He was not as good as he was on the Dixon, Olin, Olin Shad, Yamaha. Carbureted, yeah. Yes. Yeah, no. He showed more speed right. the year before. Right. On a GP yeah. bike. T- turned down Mitch Payton, took the Geico ride. Yeah. And uh, and then wasn't as good. Yeah. Yeah. I, no. I don't understand. That magic that we saw 
When he I, came back I think from Europe, wasn't I, there. It wasn't poor. You know what I mean? No. He, didn't, he, didn't, he wasn't poor, but he was just kind of kind of okay. Yeah. When he came on the Dixon Yamaha, you're like, well, if he's one of the fastest guys now, when he gets on a real Supercross team, mm-hmm. he'll probably win races. Yeah. He did not win any races. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so Geico Zacco was a bit disappointing. Uh, he got third in this one behind Sealy and uh, Anderson. Yeah. But wasn't in there with him. Right. And it just give you an idea. Like, think, think of where Zacco is now. Uh, in comparison to those guys. Sealy's gone. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Dean Wilson, fourth, who's battling an elbow injury, it says. I forgot so. that Dean was still in the 250 class. Right? Still trying still, to get this elusive still trying. Yes. Supercross title. Uh, uh, Malcolm Stewart, fifth. Malcolm would have been on Geico? Yeah. 14? I feel like he won the 15 title, right? Tildy? I don't know. I don't know. Cooper Webb, sixth. Dean Ferris, seventh. Yeah, the new Matt Moss. Yeah. We had Matt Moss, who was on Roger DeCoster's team. Yep. Surely DeCoster does not remember it. Nope. And then this year we had Dean Ferris on Red Bull KTM. No way DeCoster remembers that. No. Yeah, it can't be. No nope. way. It's uh, not good. And uh, what else? We got, uh, wow, we got Darren Durham in there. We got Jake Canada. I think this was. Jake Canada. This was the race that Jake Canada got pulled off the line because he didn't have his, ha- his hands device in yeah. the helmet. I think this was the, the hats race. Hats off. Hats, hats off. off. Sorry. Yes. Hands device. This NASCAR. Yeah. Hats off device in his helmet. And they pulled him off the line as the board was up. Wow. I believe they this, were really this, checking was, this. this was Moto Concepts, Jake Canada. They were really checking this. Talking about Jake Canada, too. Like, just gone. Just gone, man. Gone. Just gone. Yep. I had some good results. Yeah, but, he was okay. Yeah. Um, all right. The Liat. Re-raceable pod, Phoenix Supercross 2014. Uh, hey, Weege, uh, you know that smell? That smell of Blenzol? The two-stroke smell? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, the, 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 I know the smell. Yeah. It's a two-stroke smell, but it's kind of special. It, it is. It, it's really, really good. It's the mixed gas smell, the two-stroke aroma. Uh, 60 years, Blenzol Racing Caster has been the secret choice for many championship-winning riders and engine builders, from top tuners like Terry Varner. I, was, uh, I went to the Quad Nationals with Terry Varner for a whole week. At Loretta's. One oh, year. Dirt Days. I don't know what... I That's don't what know. they call it. Oh. Loretta's well, quad race is called Dirt Days. Well, me and Varner were there for a week. Varner built motors for Gary Denton. The quad oh, yeah. Run. Yeah, no, yep, absolutely. Yep. Varner it. and Hinson. Yes. And Denton. Yeah, Just Wayne Hinson. Yeah. yeah. Huge quad guy. The, the Terry Varner, Wayne Hinson, Gary Denton combo could not be beaten from Uh Varner is the top tuner like Var- Varner. The factory level racers like Michael Essie, who won the two- 2020 two-stroke world championship using Blenzol. Nothing out lubricates or outperforms Blenzol's full line of caster-based two-stroke oil, from the original green label racing caster to the 455 Ultra, or the versatile gold label Blenzol has got you covered. Go to Blenzol.com, follow them on, at Blenzol on Instagram for more information. Maxis Tires, A-Ray, Bellrod, Jeremy Smith, SGB Kawasaki team, the, the, uh, the privateer heroes of the summer using Maxis Tires. Might be the most fun team in the pits now. Possibly. Yeah, I mean, it is an awesome atmosphere over there. It really is. SGB Cowie. Yeah. Love those guys. And uh, they use Max's tires. Yep. MXSTs developed by who? Jeremy McGrath. I think he'll show up in some of these re-raceables oh, yeah. at some point. Uh, use, check out Maxxis.com for more information. Uh, mountain bike tires as well. Weed, you've been mountain biking with the Max's tires. So you're, okay. you're on board with that. Okay, he says. I couldn't spin one. I mean, in the e-bike, you know, I couldn't. Oh. I couldn't spin that rear tire. No, it's yeah. such traction. Yeah. So much traction. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Liat, of course, Liat.com. Please check out their uh, Flex Lock boots when it comes to choosing a riding kit. A quality pair of boots is one thing you should invest in. As key points of contact to your bike, it's essential that your feet, as well as your ankles, 
stay comfortable and protected. The Liot 5.5 Flex Slot Boot was a three-year project with long-term development and testing using pro athletes from all over the world, including Paul Pomex's own Chris Kiefer. He did the R&D, some R&D on this boot for the folks at Liot. Unbelievable. The amount of hours this man has put in. Designed with outstanding comfort and grip optimization with unique features like the auto-locking one-way sliding closure for a great seal at the top of the boot. Liat's adjustable flex lock system reduces forces to the ankle by up to 37% and the knee by up to 35% by locking out ankle movement when over flex, giving you the feeling of security. Four colorways. Uh, the enduro version is an additional two colorways, all for $399.99. Wow. Yeah, what a deal. Well, I, like, I like values. Yeah. Helping yeah. develop the boot, our own Chris Kiefer. So uh, thanks to Liet uh, for making this re-raceable podcast happen. Liet.com for more information. Uh, all right, categories. So is it time? Let's go categories. All right. Who won the race? And by that, it could be the winner or it could be somebody else in our eyes who really, really won the night. And we each, I think, I, I mean, do we need to say? Justin Brayton won. He's amazing. I agree. He did. He, he, he won he, this race. Yes. This race is known as, again, the race Justin Brayton almost won. Yeah. He could have cleaned, should have cleaned RV out. Yep. All right. Yeah, fair enough. Okay. He's, uh, the uh, he's the winner of this race, the real winner of this race. I'm sure RV will get plenty of episodes of this show. Yeah. He's the actual winner. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, Lit Kid Award. What do you think? Brayton and O'Neill gear with a little bit of orange and blue. I'm going Brayton on that. Looks All right, great. I'm I I will go uh, RV. I liked RV's Thor look for this race. It okay. looked it was clean, simple, solid colors. I liked it. Okay, I thought RV was that. Uh, where's JT at this race? Retired. He's done. I think twelve was it? Yeah, twenty twelve. Yeah, I think so. Well, I, I always mark JT's last season by he got in Dunge's way. Oh yeah. Well, and that was to get and stooped. that was the that was the uh, the end of it. Like, yeah. do you think that pushed him over the edge? I think he was already done by then. Okay. I think he was already done by then. All right. So where's JT, a category? Uh, he's retired he's at this retired. point. He's at WPS. Is he doing uh, yeah. VIP? Yeah. VIP yeah. Yeah. He's got this race short VIP. Shorty yeah. was in. Shorty was a team, I think, at this point. Yeah. Yep. 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 Uh, the Jacob Marsak Award, meaning the, the guy who did something that you don't really remember from this race. And I'm going to go Jake Weimer. Because you won a 450 heat. And again, yes, it is not the main event, but I'm sure he beat some good dudes to win that heat race. I didn't check the results. And uh, so Jake Weimer is a Jacob Marsak Award winner for this race. Yeah, it is the beginning of the season. So you know the field yeah. is pretty well stacked. Yeah. So that is impressive. Uh, I will go with uh, Matt Moss, who whole shot the main and finished 11th yep. in the 450 main. I don't believe anyone remembers that happening. I, I, I would think you're right. Yeah. The Who's That Guy Award. Uh, literally, who is that guy? Who's Ruben Alanis? <laughs> Who's Ruben Alanis? 19th in the 250 Supercross main event. If anybody knows anybody about Ruben Alanis, he uh, raced Vegas, Houston, San Diego, Oakland, and Phoenix this year, and he made the main event. He got 19th in four of those races and 15th in the other one. But Ruben Alanis is my who's that guy. Maybe from Mexico, we were trying to determine, looking at the sponsor list, there's an MEX in capitals. Could be something else. Could be It's the short. AMA. Yeah. I know. Yeah. It could be an acronym for something. It could be short for something else. Could be else. Massachusetts with the <laughs> AMA. <laughs> okay. And also, shout out to Austin Burns, finishing 13th behind Shane McElrath. Whoever Austin Burns is, I do not remember he, him. He finished in between Darren Durham, who won a, won a Supercross race, mm -hmm. and Shane McElrath, who has won many Supercross yes, races. Yes, Austin Burns. Yes. Congrats. Yeah, congratulations. From Scottsdale. So you know his friends and family were in the stands? Yeah. You know? He is talking about this race 
right now for the rest of his life. I talk about these races as a mechanic for the rest of my life. Imagine if, if a, I yeah. imagine if I got a 13th. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you're like, oh, Dorham and McElrath. I was in there with them battling those yeah, guys. Yeah. So, oh, uh, never right, live so it down. Austin Burns is your who's that guy? Yep. Okay. All right. Uh, Liet, re-raceables, Phoenix 2014. Anything else? Did we, did we miss over anything? Brighton almost won. Thank you. Thank you. I think we got that one. Okay. That point we got down. Right. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Really appreciate it. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Thanks to Liet, Maxis, Blenzall, and thank you people for subscribing and telling a friend, please. I'm Steve, I'm Steve Mathis. That's Jason Wygant. Thanks, everybody.